Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Rich Klein. We're going to talk about the best first basemen in baseball who are not in the Hall of Fame but and are eligible for the Hall of Fame. So can't talk about somebody that's uh, still playing. I mean, we talk about them, but we're mainly trying to figure who's the next first baseman, perhaps, that could get in the Hall of Fame, who's deserving. So uh, thanks, sponsors. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, as well as Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. So we still get a chance to see some of the people we're going to talk about who are, in every case, retired. And if they've been retired more than five years, they are eligible for uh, Hall of Fame consideration. If they get vote totals uh, above a certain amount, they can stay on the ballot. If they go below, then they're bounced off the baseball writer's ballot, but have a chance to for reconsideration from old-timers committee or these other things they've set up, which I think is, I won't say it's unfair, but it's just interesting to see how the ebb and flow of sentiment for somebody of standing the test of time. And so with these first basemen, we have a, a bunch of those out there. So Rich, you're, you've got something for me to tee this off about first baseman not in the Hall of Fame. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. On one of your recent episodes, or maybe one of the podcasts you did, I don't remember which one, you talked about somebody asked what your, so to speak, white whale of a card was, or what card would you like to own that you've never had, you know, before, or that card it may not even exist. Yeah. Okay. That was I, Grant. That was Scott. Okay. I've got one from when you were collecting cards, from your era when you were collecting cards. Supposedly, Larry Fritch had one of these back in the day. And there was a time in the late 80s, early 90s, we thought he was going to end up in the Hall of Fame because of all he had done during his baseball life. 1959, Bill White, no traded on the back. Oh, yeah. Well, he went on to... He became president of the National National Leagues. He was a Yankees announcer for probably 15, 16 years. Are you saying that card... I'm not sure it exists. That's correct. But Larry Fritch at one point, supposedly, it was supposedly it was Larry Fritch, and supposedly he had one. And as we've talked about with the slow Joe Doyle card, that was always rumored to exist until he got more than one. And then when he got more than one, then yeah. it came out. You know, we did a, I, I maybe did that uh, tribute episode to Larry and Jeff Fritch uh, with the pepper, I think. Right. And so that this didn't come up. But when I talked to Larry on the phone about cards like that, he was pretty coy. I mean, he's a big dude and could be very authoritative. But when I'd ask him a direct question, he wouldn't always answer it. You know, and it would be like, well, I, I have that hard-earned knowledge. And uh, there were a couple times when I really asked something that was that, that he really figured out. And I knew he figured it out. He'd say, what do you trade me? Because he was a collector at heart. And, he, and I said, wait a minute, I'm trading you cards for information? He said, yeah, if you want it, that's... And so I don't remember ever, I mean, I did get some verification of some of the cards that would be like, that would be questionable, but the Bill White, I don't remember that. And he, he was an excellent player. Right. Excellent, and very articulate. We, yeah. We thought but after not he became the National League president, that was going to be the final step in him being He didn't low. have a long enough career. In anything other than the Yankee announcing. Yeah. And he also did some network announcing. I mean, as I said, that was one of those things, if they hadn't of, if he had been the National League president for a decade instead of four or five years, right. maybe then he could say... Okay, that's good enough. Now you've got all this well-rounded stuff. So Bill White was, and that card was rumored to exist. And it's funny, you talk about Larry Fritch and the trades. Mike Jasperson helped work it out with him, and we traded him for cards he would verify and send in for the old money. We traded him ad credits. Because well, he always, but he always it was transactional. Yes, it was always transactional, which was fine by me because we had verified scans or well, verified photocopies. And I approved it. I approved and it. He, because he was a fountain of information. And he was, and it's not that he wasn't unwilling to share it. He was willing to share it, but he understood the value of it. 
and it was hard earned and he had knowledge that other people didn't have. So, and he handled yeah. so many cards in his life yeah. that it was good. Th- so he knew and when you and I bat, we don't always bat around. Usually you just send me a list of things and okay. And I come in cold. I let it ruminate in my mind. You let it ruminate in your mind. Yeah. But there's a couple of guys we wanted to talk about, which was yeah. Keith Hernandez, Steve Garvey. And I also want to bring up Gil Hodges because well, those are three obvious candidates. But do you think they go ahead of uh, Fred McGriff? No, I think Fred McGriff's a Hall of Famer. I think Fred McGriff when would I think Fred McGriff is one of these rare players that truly got hurt by the ninety four ninety five strike. Without that, he has five hundred homers. He did it consistently over time. Never a shred of anybody thinking that Fred McGriff was ever on steroids or anything. He never was accused of anything. Yeah, I mean, he just he played for a lot of teams. I mean, the he's ball best, jumped off his bat. He's best from known, the beginning. He's best known for the Tom Amansky, and I give this my full endorsement. You know, that's what he's probably best known for that ad more than he is for anything he did as a player. Crime dog. Crime dog. But he played on a lot of winning teams. He really was, you know, he became for the Braves the final piece for the puzzle. Okay. So you, you, you're, you're putting him on a separate list of a, of a sure thing. I think he should have been in already. Okay. So is Fred McGriff better than Todd Helton in Colorado? I think so. Is that what, so Fred McGriff has the kind of statistics. That Todd Helton had, but only in Colorado. Right. And Todd Helton was a good player. Todd Helton was a really good player. I don't want to besmirch Todd Helton at all. Todd Helton's. I know he might be just as good as Hodges and Hernandez and Garvey. Yeah. And there's, and all these guys, you know, last year when they had the 10 guys for the baseball hall of fame for the one that Ted Simmons got. Yeah. But you know what? Out of those 10, all 10 could have gone in. None could have gone in. Five could have gone in. And you know what? It was all the same. I mean, to me, that was one of these. Good classes where well, that that was good. But they they may reconstitute next year. I don't know. They they have different rules and regulations on that. But for purposes of this hobby podcast, what our listeners should be concerned about is not when Keith Hernandez would get in the Hall of Fame or Gil Hodges or Steve Garvey or even Fred McGriff, but whether they will make it at all. Because if they do make it, whether it's next year, the year after, the year after, then any purchasing activity now at current prices might be rewarded. All things being equal. Well, one of the things with Gil Hodges is almost Gil Hodges' prices, for the most part, are already baked into him are being... Baked into. I mean, he's basically priced at a lower-level Hall of Famer already in most sets. Yes. And so for Gil Hodges, there's no real... You might get a slight uptick, but it's not going to be like a big surprise. Keith Hernandez, I mean, he's got a 75 rookie card. It could. It's a four-player rookie card. It'll never be Brett or Yount, but it definitely could end up where Jim Ed Rice is or, or Gary Carter, Carter is. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, I don't think Keith Hernandez is going to make it. I don't think so, but Keith Hernandez is almost... Gil Hodges, his only problem is, it's not even a problem, is that there are too many Dodgers in some people's minds, too many Yankees and Dodgers in the Hall of Fame. But remember, when we first started the price guide, the premium was not just Yankees, Brooklyn it was Dodgers, Dodgers as well. Brooklyn especially Dodgers. the Brooklyn Dodgers, right. because that generation was buying well, cards. That, and the, well, that was the World Series for a lot of those years in the uh, early 50s. And so at that generation, you're what we call now the guys that... If you're buy, if you were going back and buying your childhood when you started the price guide in the mid eighties, yeah. yeah. that's the same age as these guys who are now buying all the Barkley cards and all the Jordan cards. It's right. this the same generational shift. We we talk about the twenty twenty five year rule. Right. What what about Mattingly? You know, do you you like Hodges and Hernandez and and Garvey better than than not necessarily waiting for Mattingly, but Mattingly now has some uh, and yet, managing and yet, chops and yet uh, among not those, a super long career, but some and yet among those guys. Mattingly was the only one that was probably ever considered the best player in baseball for three or four or five years. And I don't know how popular, I know Gil Hodges was popular as a person in Brooklyn. Was he one of the top three players on his own team? 
Maybe, maybe not. I mean, that yeah, definitely was Snyder and Reese and Jackie Robinson. That's a tough call. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, am I missing somebody? Well, I mean, look at the, you have Campy, you have, you know, and then is, I mean, in one level, is he even better than Junior Gilliam? Junior Gilliam's a heck of a player. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about Rafael Palmero? Is he stained? I think he's stained he because of the steroid thing. But yet, Rafael Palmero had a career. By numbers, he's, he's instant. Yeah. Yes. He had a sweet swing, he regardless was, of whether he had uh, steroids or not. He got bat on the ball, and he he did. He had a sweet swing. Yeah, and he had a perfect swing for the ballpark in Arlington or, yeah. or global. I don't think I ever was globe like field when he was there, but he had a yeah. perfect swing for that ballpark. There's a lot of guys at first base that that I, I want to say borderline plus. Well, there it's a position where people are placed because they generally have some power, uh, or and they might have fielding deficiencies to not play shortstop if they're left-handed or something. But again, some of them were pretty good uh, fielders. But it's not the most important fielding position for other than being able to scoop throws. And Hodges was a great. I mean, Hodges, it's, you know, I, I just think they must think there are too many Dodgers yeah. in there. It's a level, he's a level below these guys, but this guy was played 15, 16 years, probably a level below Keith Hernandez, but part of that generation of smooth swinging lefty first baseman, yeah. good fielders, John Olerud. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's too not enough power, but he, but these, but he was slick. He was smooth. He was slick, and a lot of these guys yeah. like John Olerud is a level below. So I'm I'm not trying to make John Olerud a Hall of Famer. So let's we're not going there. But there's a whole cadre of these first basemen of with Keith Hernandez maybe the last of that generation. The guy uh, Chris Chambliss is another example. Again, a level below Hernandez. So I don't want you to think that he's on that level. The guys that could hit 15 to 20 homers a year, knocking 80 to 100 runs a year, bat 280 to 300. Every year, you know, the and guys be an excellent fielder and be an excellent fielder and save some runs. Yeah. You know, not we don't know, not hundreds of runs, but save some runs and shore up your defense. OK, uh, hypothetical question. And this is good for this actually can apply to uh, to other sports besides baseball. Like I did something about Maurice Stokes, who fell and had a hemorrhage and got uh, died, injured and then died uh, prematurely. So that's sort of not held against him because he had a spectacular couple of years before that happened and has an amazing story that's been been related. Is Gil Hodges punished for dying too young? I think so. I think because if you're not going to punish people for being injured, we do punish people for injury. If somebody has a, you know, throws out their arm, then you say, well, they, they shouldn't have done that. But Gil Hodges and, you know, or Thurman Munson, for another example, is it his fault? And actually, there might be two schools of thought for that. But but when somebody dies, they obviously are not going to have any more career statistics, and they're going to be compared to people that had the 20-year career of not necessarily sustained excellence. Who would that be along the lines here? People. Who, uh, well, Hodges was a, Hodges had a good playing career, but Hodges yeah. probably would have continued as a manager for the Mets and then probably yes. would have gotten another job. And given the fact that the Mets got into the 73 World Series... A year after he passes. Right. He would, he could have had another world he, championship. He could have had another world championship. If you give him two world championships and he lives even another 10 years, then you've pushed him up a level. If Bill White, as I said, had stayed president of the National League for 12 years instead of five years, you push him up another level because then he's completed a cycle of, of things. If Keith Hernandez had 25 homers a year instead of 15 homers a year, he ends up at 350 homers instead of 150 or whatever, you know, yeah. you push him up. And I'm not saying that it was wrong for Hernandez not to be a home run hitter. He played in some tough parks that homers in. But it's Steve Garvey hit 300 every year, got 200 hits every year. He didn't walk a lot, but he was a very good fielder. I mean, you look at Steve Garvey and you think based on numbers and all those consecutive games he played yeah. and, you know, that he was a Los Angeles Dodger. And, and in his case, probably one of the best players on the team. You wonder why his Hall of Fame support has never grown the way you think it might have. 
He has detractors. Yes. He well, detractors. he's the pottery of our country. Well, <laughs> okay, we'll just stop. <laughs> what about Will the Thrill? I think most collectors would choose Will Clark over Steve Garvey. I think you're right. Will, and, Will. And, and Garvey arguably had at least as good a career as, 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 as Will Clark, I think. Will Although Clark, Will was fine. Will Clark's another guy. of very popular. The lefty first baseman. Hitting tw- actually, he hit more homers. There was a time in 88, 89, 90. Will Clark's one of the best players in baseball. In 89, he has this amazing offensive season, but it's a depressed offense in 89 baseball to the fact that the great year Will Clark has, he doesn't hit 42 homers, he hits 22 homers, even though he has that really good batting average. And the fact that the Giants get swept in the World Series that year, that because of the earthquake, he had that great right. National League Championship Series, but he doesn't get to follow it up in the World Series. Give him a World Series. I know my manager at Com C, his favorite player is Will Clark. In fact, he was going to go yeah. this year to the Will Clark retirement uniform ceremony at San Francisco. Just another thing we lost in 2020, but Will Clark's a heck of a player. There's another guy that you can make the Hall of Fame argument for. Okay. Uh, we weren't going to do this, but I mean, basically, I just want to throw this wrinkle in. Does it matter if McGriff is not in the Hall of Fame by the time Albert Pujols becomes eligible? No. I don't think so. There'll be it'll be it's a separate candidate. So you think Fred McGriff is the next first baseman? I, I do. I, and who I, do you think comes after him? Because we're kind of out of time now. So who? I like who your comes pool, I like after your, McGriff? I like your pool holes among the retired guys. Gil Hodges. I think Gil Hodges is a, a sentimental choice. It is it's just that. But but his card price is already baked in. Usually collectors yeah. do have a pretty good gut instinct when it comes. To, to the Hall of Famers. They've, oh, when we were dealers and collectors in the 60s, not 60s, 70s and 80s, collectors instinctively... And you want Gil Hodges ahead of Don Mattingly? Absolutely. Hmm. I guess that's interesting because of your age. Yes. You probably... Well, you didn't see... I didn't see Hodges Gil play. Hodges I saw Hodges play. I saw Hodges play. But I mean, that wasn't... I mean, he was great. He was a great fielder, great hitter. He was never hitter. the best player in baseball. Mattingly well, he was. wasn't the best player on his team. He wasn't the best player in his infield. Well, maybe. yeah. Well, the thing is, in, in one level, Manningly may not have been the best player on his team either when you have Ricky Henderson. Well. But, I mean, but he was considered the best player in baseball. But I get that. But I, I just don't think Manning, I think Manningly's yeah. that one level below even Gil Hodges. I think Hodges is a Hall of And we, have, we also haven't talked about Big Mac. Yeah, Mark McGuire. So. Mick, well, see, speaking think, about guys, we talked about Rafael Palmeiro, Big Mac. I mean, if you, you get one guy in Big Mac. Boy. <laughs> Big Mac, I mean, but it's the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I think McGuire will make it in. Because I think the steroid thing will reduce over time. Yeah. And yeah. I also think that McGuire's numbers are just going to be so off the chart. And what he did for baseball in the late 90s is going to be what eventually propels him into the Hall of Fame. Well, he's back in baseball. He's and that's a good decision on his part because the, the, the steroid accused guys that are not or that are prickly with the media will never get are, in. are maybe going to not get in. Yeah. And that's scary because they're so worthy by, based on their performance. So, thanks, Rich. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, uh, everybody. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode.